Hello and welcome to Fourth and Forever, an NFL podcast which hopes to strike the balance between statistical analysis and some pretty good banter. My name is Stuart Bothwell and I am joined by my friend and co-host, Darren Butter. Oh, hi Darren. Hi. How's it going? <laughs> All right, mate. What about yourself? I'm pretty good. I'm excited. I'm excited, Stuart. This oh, is going to be fun. That's a little bit different from earlier on when you just told me you were you're tired and you're sleeping. Yeah. Good. Yeah. <laughs> just telling everyone that. Yeah, well, I'm going to be putting it into the end of the podcast anyway, probably. So, <laughs> so yeah. Um, full disclosure: we're not professional podcasters, as you might have guessed, uh, yeah. and you probably already know because with this being the pilot episode, this will probably only be heard by our friends, family, and people that we Close. forced us into it yeah, at work. Close network. Yeah, pretty much. Um, so I've I've guested on a UK NFL podcast on a couple of occasions, but that's about it. And. Uh, uh, I know for a fact, as I've seen it happen, that Darren can and will talk the arse end off a donkey. Oh, but, yep. <laughs> but usually with some level of coherence, so that's, uh, that's something which we can it's move what towards. That's what this. we're hoping for. Yeah, right? absolutely. Some level of cohesion, coherence and cohesion would be perfect. Yep, I'm a lifelong Denver Broncos fan. Um, you can blame my father for that. Growing up, he uh, decided that he was going to choose the Broncos as a team that was always very good but never actually got anywhere and um, then I just lucked out and that when I started paying attention about the mid-90s that's when the Broncos started actually doing something the John Elway era and then it was several seasons of horrendous suffering or coming close with the likes of Jake Plummer and uh, then it all came to fruition again with uh, Peyton Manning and that's like energized uh, my my love for the Broncos, only to have it then cruelly, cruelly snatched away by years of Trevor Simeon, Brock Osweiler, and uh, Case Keenum most recently. But it's all right, because we've got Joe Flacco now, so... Yeah. Uh, yeah. Well, onwards and upwards for the Bronco Nation. Yeah, yeah. It's, Maybe. Or sideways, who, who really knows? Only time will tell. And what about yourself, Darren? How did you get involved in the the NFL sphere so I moved from Scotland to New Zealand and I used to study all day Sundays would be literally the only day I would actually do any study because I was working full-time and doing a full-time course at uni so Mm. I would sit on a Sunday in front of the big tv on a table and just watch whatever was on Mm. and on Sundays that is Saturday night west coast time so for six months or so, I was just watching Andrew Luck and Stanford and yeah. Matt Barkley and USC. and um, The golden era for college quarterbacks. Griffin at Baylor and a couple others um, that came through, just smashing out like 60, 58 games, you know, games that were going to triple over time. Players like Josh Gordon and, um, yeah, Andrew Luck. And if he had a few of those running good running backs at Stanford that would... Kind of levy on bell around people, and it was just good. It was a good time, and then I realized, got more into it. Realized that these really good players obviously would go to the NFL, so I started following a bit closer. So we got kind of look, looking into it when it was like Robert the Griffin, Robert the Griffin, Robert the, Robert the Griffin, <laughs> Robert Griffin the third, <laughs> Robert the Griffin. Uh, this isn't a fantasy podcast, by the way. Uh, this is strictly NFL. <laughs> That's right. He goes to Washington. Luck goes to the Colts. Obviously, it seemed like the end of an era because Peyton looked like he was about to retire. And um, 
you know, obviously it was Brady, but it worked out well for the Broncos at that point, though, yeah. of course. But so I was able to get in all the new blood coming through, and I I realized watching the NFL that yeah, I did enjoyed watching like Andrew Luck at college, but I don't really like the Colts that had been successful for a long time. I'm Scottish, I like to kind of root for an underdog, so I was looking mm. at um, I had to watch the some of the giant stuff because I'd seen their Super Bowl that they beat Brady in. I won $50 for my American mate who thought that <laughs> the Giants would never win that game and I was just like, I'll bet you that. I don't know what's going on. One of the most incredible games, definitely. Yeah. <laughs> and uh, even more incredible by a $50 win. Good work. Yeah. <laughs> so I um, I started following like the teams near the bottom, the Bears, the Browns. I, I just, because I'd watched Gordon, Josh Gordon at, um, with Baylor and on ESPN, Plus, and that I really started to really enjoy watching the Browns. So it was the Brian Hoyer. Wait, wait, I never quite got that you really enjoyed watching the Browns I, <laughs> through any of this. <laughs> like, like, what, I, are you some sort of masochist? I, uh, I don't know. I like it's like when Scotland beats Israel at football. You know, it's, <laughs> you take take the the small wins, and they just feel so much bigger when it's a team of kind of misfits and just inadequacy, mm. and then you end up with just. You know, one player on the team that's world class, and the rest that are kind of making a living, and yeah. just seemed like a really good time. Well, two players, you know, they Joe Thomas yeah. as well. Well, they, yeah, they had had that for so long. Um, as, as long as they've been in the league since their return in '99, they've just been that group of misfits. But now, now, as I'm sure we'll speak about through the course of this uh, episode, so, they're going somewhere to pretty good. Yeah. So uh, we'll we'll get to that in a moment, I'm sure, including your thoughts on certain recent acquisitions. So yeah, I guess we'll uh, we'll we'll go with this rather loose format. Uh, we'll, we'll just we'll just work our way through things in general, shall we? Yes. Cool, cool. In that case, let's get to some of the news. Uh, primarily, we'll start with all of the trades that have been going on this week because the new league season has got underway. So. Uh, that's when you've officially started to see all your big crazy trades and things going down. We do have a whole bunch of those. So before we get to the big trade news of this week, um, which most people who will be listening to this, if they're NFL fans who have not been living under a rock, will probably know about these things already. Uh, It became uh, official today that uh, Ryan Tannehill has gone from the Dolphins to the Titans. Uh, It's Tannehill and a sixth rounder in this year's draft for a seventh rounder in this year's draft and a fourth rounder next year on a one-year, seven million guaranteed, up to twelve million dollar contract. What do you think about this one? Because I know that you are you're a big fan of Marcus Mariota. Yeah, Um, yeah, I I I want to be, but I I just can't be. He's just not done it since he's come in the league. He keeps getting injured. He keeps having problems. They were 29th in passing last season. Somehow managed to get to nine and seven. Thank you, Derek Henry. Like on the Tannehill side of this, it's great for him. I think that he's done at the Dolphins. His coach has left. Mm. Um, he was injured for a long time. This pretty much gives him that last year of that five-year deal that he'll get his money mm. to be a backup. He'll come in knowing he's going to get paid for the season. They're not going to waive him. They've, they've put too much capital into him. Mm. And if Mariota gets another dead leg or another twisted wrist or all these little niggles he seems to pick up that seem to really affect him, then he'll get to play. And if he plays a three or four games this season, has you know five touchdowns or two interceptions, and he's going to get another deal. Quarterbacks yeah. always get another deal. So he um, 
it's good for him. Um, for Mariota, this is just a kind of a fire under him, I think, from the Titans, just to remind him that we're not going to have AAF quarterbacks backing him up anymore. Yeah. It's going to be quarterbacks that can actually win games, and he's going to have to really go for it. I think the new coach for them is trying to install a Patriots kind of style system where mm. Mario doesn't have to think maybe as much as he kind of had to play it by ear in the past so I think in the end these two quarterbacks will give the Titans a chance to get out of the, the AFC but mm. it's still going to be tough for them especially with the Colts and the Jags and yeah and they the are Texans. in an interesting division um, certainly the, the the Texans you think on their day they can beat anyone when they've got a healthy quarterback and well, as long as DeAndre Hopkins is on the field for them, then you know there's always a chance of him taking the lid off of a, a defense. Jaguars, I guess we'll see what happens with the Nick Foles experiment there. But with with Mariota himself, you, you see the athlete there, but you can't sit behind a quarterback who's throwing 11 touchdowns a season. It's just not it's just not good enough. And T- Tannehill, for all his mediocrity, he has shown flashes in the past that he has this potential, but. That potential. He. This is his seventh year in the league. Yeah. Like you keep. You keep thinking. No, Tannehill. He's only been around for three or four. No, no. He's. He's had his chance with Miami. Of course, they've surrounded him with utter mediocrity for all of that time as well. Never really given him too much in the way of weapons. But it's not as if he hasn't had them there. He's had some. Some good running backs. He's had uh, Jarvis Landry out wide, who was putting up career numbers under mm. him. Absolutely. Like you say, he had a couple of issues with injuries as well, but he's just never really broken through to being what most people would deem to be a franchise quarterback. But who uh, who knows where that's going to take them. But for the Dolphins now, they've done this without securing Teddy Bridgewater, who ended up going back to the Saints on a, a deal almost identical to that of which Tannehill's getting at the Titans. So now... Take it from me, Brock Osweiler's not going to be good enough. Consensus is that QBs in this draft year aren't great. Do you take a swing on one of those, or do you keep Blake Bortles in Florida and uh, give him a shot? What's what's going on? The Dolphins, it's hard for them, I think, being in the same division as the Patriots. and You really have to invest a lot of resources to even get close to the Patriots. Now, mm. There just seem to be a kind of malaise around the organisation, around they're kind of in a holding pattern. Mm. You know, They're just kind of building up a bit of cap space, a few draft picks like they've done in trading Tannehill. I, I wouldn't be surprised if they went for a second, third-round quarterback this year and then just stuck him straight in and hope for the best. And then, you know, Brady's probably only got one or two years left. And then... When it and comes. then, and also, and so then they're, gonna, they're biding their time for Brady then, to retire when he's fifty-three. And then they'll 53. tank, and then they'll look at when he, they're in their second season under you know your the boy from Clemson or Tua. Mm-hmm. The, there won't be Brady anymore, and they'll be ready to go. Mm. It does seem, and it's a shame because the league's meant to be so diverse and competitive and level playing field. But it, it does. It's seem never like, a level playing field when the Patriots are yeah, still involved in the NFL. It does seem like <laughs> that that um, AFC comfortable division. Mm. But of, of course, the, the Dolphins' new head coach is Patriots blood. So yeah. obviously that doesn't always work out. Um, there's certain people who've left the Patriots organization, gone somewhere else and completely messed things up. Uh, thank you, Josh McDaniels, for getting us Vaughn Miller, but that's all you really got us. Um, it will be interesting if you've got, if you're the Dolphins and you've, I'm assuming they've got quite a high first round pitch. It's not as high as you think, I think. Thirteenth pick in the draft, yeah. Thirteenth yeah. pick in They're the draft gonna, this season. They shouldn't use it on a quarterback, in my opinion. That's got to be a defensive tackle or a really good offensive lineman. Mm. 
and they've just got to get the skilled players they can and try not to invest too much in them for now. It just doesn't seem, it does seem like they're tanking. Uh, yeah, yeah, I, I would agree that they do seem to be tanking. I think that they, they might still... Well, they, they could still try and bring Blake Bortles in on a, a short-term deal and just... Well, I suppose, would that still be tanking? Pro- yeah, pro- would probably be, would yeah. be, really. And, and just kind of take... Yeah. Like, it probably wouldn't take a swing this year, but... Um, well, there's uh, no point in them taking, like, Daniel Jones or that with a 43rd pick. There's no. no point. They've got to... You'd be looking at taking an absolute shot on, like, Will Greer... Mm. In like the fourth, he's got high upside. Yeah, in like the fourth round, mm. and if it works, I'm a genius. They're a genius. Yeah. And if it doesn't, then they'll draft Tua when they go zero, yeah. one in fifteen next year. Awesome. Some of the rumors I've been hearing is that they might be in for DK Metcalf, the giant, speedy wide receiver, but he can't, you know, can't exactly turn. I've seen milk turn quicker than DK Metcalf, but um, so they would do that, and then Tan can go for Tua uh, Tagovailoa from Alabama next year, uh, or maybe um, the boy Trevor, uh, forgotten his last name from Clemson, as you mentioned, uh, Lawrence. Trevor Lawrence. That's the one, yeah. So yeah, I guess only time will tell on that. But um, if you're a Dolphins fan out there, uh, I would say I feel for you, but I really don't care. <laughs> Do you not like the Dolphins? Uh, well, a, a good friend of mine back home, Neil Shepard, he's a he's a he's a Dolphins fan, and I, I just remember wondering why he chose them. And I think he said something about you like the uniform or something, which God knows why, because there's an awful uniform. <laughs> so, uh, Neil, if you end up listening to this at all, please get back in contact with me and let me know why the hell did you go Dolphins and. What do you think about uh, the upcoming season as well? May as well go for that. So, now that garbage is out of the way. <laughs> OBJ to the Browns, man. What the hell? Browns first round, and that's a 17th overall, and a third rounder, plus Jabril Peppers. How do you feel? I think it's good. <laughs> I'm going to be honest. Really? It's... <laughs> And if I take it from another way, if you like, so they're going. If it's Kitchens, and obviously he's a big question. He's going to be a new first-time head coach. Mm-hmm. He was literally the guy that brought in the whiteboard two years ago, and now yeah. he's actually the head coach. So he's a little bit of an unknown. Obviously, Baker's a second-year quarterback. There's sometimes a sophomore slump mm-hmm. with quarterbacks. So I think what. Dorsey's doing and what the Browns have done is incredibly clever. They've got an offensive line. It was mediocre to average last mm-hmm. year. Mm-hmm. They're going with, they'll be with together for another year, so they'll get a little bit better. They'll be probably 15th in the league. We can deal with that. They bring back um, Greg Robinson mm-hmm. um, on a really cheap deal. Yep. So they get a second overall pick. Pretty decent money, yeah. Who was better than Harrison. So much, like, Ohio, Fox, Sports, Seem to love this Harrison left tackle guy, and he was he's very young. Mm. So they bring in Robinson to play, and that solid like pretty much as soon as Mayfield goes in, he was in with him, and it just solidifies the whole team. So you're going, oh well, we know Nick Chubb is. If Kareem does play the eight games next year, then you know what Kareem Hunt is. Mm -hmm. Spoiler alert for our uh, news later on. Yeah, yeah. yeah. (laughs) If um, Jarvis Landry does what he does, you know what he does. Mm-hmm. It pretty much means that the only unknown on the Browns with Odell Beckham is Baker. Mm. But like, so from, from what, from what fourth... you've seen, like last last season, Baker, like what what week did he come in again? Was that week four, week five, three, four? Yeah, it was. Um, and he's still first prime time game they'd had in yeah years. And he broke Peyton Manning's rookie touchdown record. You know, that's he's shown 
like pretty much every number since he came in has been very impressive week by week. Occasional yeah. little slump here and there, but Baker Mayfield is for real. I like it's it's still it's an unknown technically, quote unquote. But that, that's that's only because this is only his second year in the league. From what we've seen, there is every reason to believe that the Browns are going somewhere this year, and that is absolutely incredible considering where they were just two seasons ago. John Dorsey's taken a team that nobody wanted to play for. I made them not just respectable, but scary. I mean, you've, you've spoken about the offense and the O-line and stuff, but what he's done on the, the defensive side is crazy as well. He's brought in Olivier Vernon to go opposite uh, Miles Garrett. You've got Sheldon Richardson just came in to set up the middle, and you've got Larry Ogunjobi there. Uh, there's a couple other guys who are pretty well, decent defensive players. Rando yeah. um, was a very low-key signing. He kind of got put in a freeway trade with the Landry thing. They just mm-hmm. kind of got him. And he is, it's that I woke up feeling dangerous mindset. <laughs> yeah. The players, it's fun. they are arrogant. Mm-hmm. They, the Browns as an organization haven't been arrogant. So what do you do? You bring in arrogant players mm. who will stand up to anyone and that will go to the, the whole franchise. Like Massive change in mindset. Yeah, and that's something which comes from the top down. I think I think Dorsey's brought in the right sort of players for uh, for what was previously an environment with no hope to being right. No, this is this is how it's going to be. You don't you don't tell us like the NFL doesn't get to bully us around anymore. We get to bully them. It's kind of terrifying. Like you look at the Giants last year. I think Manning was the thirty first most unaccurate mm. quarterback in the league. Was the second in terms, most of, in terms of uncatchable balls, yeah. he was throwing and, crazy um, ones. Odell Beckham, something like sixty percent of his throws were uncatchable. Yeah, or un, you know, he had to move for them. They weren't accurate. Yeah, and somehow he would still move still do it. To um, make I, a play on it. Um, earlier in the week, I watched the when I found out, I watched the compressed highlights of um, the game between the Giants and the Panthers, which was the one mm-hmm. that the Giants probably their best game of the season. They lost on a sixty-five <laughs> yard field goal to the Scottish guy mm-hmm. so I watched that and some of the balls he was picking out of the area he was literally having to jump three foot over people to get them when they should have just been into his hands slot, uh, slot running it should have been easy he was literally having to stop on a diamond jump because the balls were so high over his head yeah and you look at Baker he's the fourth most accurate quarterback in the league behind the big three yeah. Even if Baker was to have a slump and he was, what, eighth in the league throwing to Landry and Beckham? He would Landry still be a massive upgrade on an Eli Manning that can't throw outside yeah. the numbers anymore. He's just... Some, somehow Beckham, like he had his down year last year. Everyone knows that's because of Manning and that offensive line being woeful. It's clever. You're taking Beckham and going, all we need you to be is someone to watch. Mm. We'd like you to be a club captain. We'd like you to be a, a changing room presence mm-hmm. but we have baker mm-hmm. we have miles garrett we have landry you don't need to do everything stop kicking those kicking nets it's all you need to do yeah, but even then like was that really that big a deal no it wasn't it was one of these things that was blown out of proportion but and beca- then because does... because he is such a presence and a media magnet See, i thought it was funny he kicked it, it was funny it was and hilarious. then the next week they're like He's like, what do you want me to do? Apologise to it. And then the week after that, he goes and tries to get engaged to it. Nets are people too. <laughs> He's like down on one knee asking it to marry him. Oh boy, I think he got that one from Chad Johnson. Although Chad Johnson asked a cheerleader, so I, I don't know. Like, How did that work out? I don't think he got married to her. Probably not. Oh, oh well, she must have said no. Anyway, I, I said to you recently that I felt that 
the Browns were in desperate need of a big-bodied receiver for Baker. But who needs a big body when you can out-jump everyone and have the second-best hands in the NFL, second to DeAndre Hopkins? I remember watching the Jets-Browns game last season and Landry turned in his um, curl route and the ball hit him Mm. in the chest Mm. before he got his arms up. Yeah. And it was just a missed catch. And the commentators being like, oh... That happened a lot Terrifying. Yeah. Because these players have been playing with, you know, your, I was going to say Brett Hundley, not him, um, Deshaun Kaiser. Deshaun Kaiser. And um, Tyrod Taylor, and they're obviously not expecting to finish their route and the ball immediately be there for them. Baker has this velocity that he puts on the ball and pinpoint accuracy. And didn't he get an interception last season from the ball, like, smacking Fells or something in the chest and the boy catching it off of Fells' chest because so, yeah. didn't get round quick enough. And yeah, that's it. Like, they, 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 like, because Baker is so sharp, the other receivers have to catch up to that and like, stop being so so nonchalant with getting their hands up. They've, they've got to have them up there at that exact moment and it's got to go right up, rip out the air, catch it, control it. That's something that... But Beckham's got great hands. Uh, Jarvis Landry, for the most part, has great hands as well. He wasn't used to it. For a little while. (laughs) I said to you, I think, last week about how I I just wanted to see Brown spread and get separation and Mm. let Baker throw in, people throw into routes um, so that, you know, you get the yards after catch. And I was saying, you know, that Isabella from Maryland, you know, is it Maryland? Um, Andy Isabella. Andy Isabella. I thought that he would be great for the Browns because of the the um, separation that he can get, how fast he is, but mm-hmm. you don't need someone like Andy Isabella if you're going to go and trade for Odell Beckham. Yeah. So oh, he's, he's out of UMass, by the UMass, way. UMass, yeah. Isabella, yeah. yeah. So they would have been, if they were looking at a wide receiver at 17 or 16, that would have been an Isabella. Mm-hmm. But the difference is they can trade Jabril, who's been good, but they feel they can replace that position. And the pick they were going to use on a wide receiver anyway mm-hmm. and a, their leftover third round pick and get Odell Beckham why wouldn't you especially when you have the cap space to pay him and if it doesn't work out you can move him on again yeah so this is a win-win for the Browns it's a win-win for the AFC I think They're, they've been missing a few few stars there's been quite a few stars in the NFC that's just kind of it yeah. just seems good it seems like a, a good where good well, place to in the, be in the, in the AFC what's the point in even playing when you've got the Patriots uh, out playing and out cheating everyone uh, <laughs> <laughs> uh, you know am, am I butthurt about that or is it just I'm just sick fed up of it you're a little bit butthurt. I'm a little bit butthurt but yeah, you know I think I've got a right to feel annoyed by it but anyway flip side of this the Giants yep so as we both mentioned before the show, uh, Game of Thrones author and diehard Giants fan George R. R. Martin has said regarding the trade, kill me now. So uh, better hope that no one really takes that to heart because a lot of people really want him to finish his books. Yeah. I don't know if he is going to though, especially if that continues. They just don't seem to have any leaders. No. They've got nothing. What are you talking about? they got Eli. Oh, he might be there. He's just... <laughs> it's... It's a shame because you look at the NBA and you know, Dwayne Wade and Dirk Nowitzki being able to trot out and play. Well, Dwayne Wade's actually been really good, but Nowitzki's you know, come out, play 10 minutes, wave to the fans, go mm. back, have this kind of celebration of their career. The NFL doesn't work that way. No. So they seem to be giving him his victory lap at the detriment of a very prideful franchise and fan base. It's well, like, someone tried to take him out of that. 
the other I season. I thought that was a good then, idea. Yeah. I, 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 I get why the Maras got upset because it just seems so cutthroat. Mm. But it was what was needed. They were being too when kid it, gloves with him. Yeah. Needed to, he could have come and played the last game of the season yeah. and waved to the fans and then gone. But it, it was the right he's time. De- he's determined to stay along for as long as they'll pay him. Was. Mm. Needed to know what Webb was. Need to know what this um, Iliota or Italian-named guy is going to be. Oh, kind of Loletta. Loletta. Yeah, yeah. Need to see what he's going to be. They just seem to be... They cast the net on a couple of mid-round quarterbacks, but whenever they've been put into game situations, they've not really stepped up yet. I think Loletta's shown a couple of flashes, but nothing that really says that he's going to be worth starting over Eli yet. I don't think they know where they're going at the moment, but um, I guess they'll figure it out. It's like Dave Gettleman says he's got a plan. Yeah. I don't believe that for a second, to be honest. Unless unless they're planning on making a massive leap up to the first pick in the draft to take Kyler Murray or something like that, wouldn't work with their current scheme. No. I so it's like he can run, but he'll be running for his life in uh, New York. They, they've they've got a full rebuild to go under undergo there. It's a submission. I was listening to the podcast that um, Ryan Rosillo did with Dan Canal and talking about how the Giants have done this in the past. They wait too long. Mm. And then they get an injury, and then they put the whole franchise on a fourth-round pick. Yeah. Like Dan Kanahu, actually, he admits himself that that was an opportunity, and he did. He got into the playoffs, and then he started not really paying attention. He thought he'd, he'd made it and didn't put the work in, and then yeah. he was gone six months later. Like, they have historically done this. They'll have a franchise quarterback, and then they'll wait too long, and then they'll have a fourth-round pick for, like, two or three years. And you go, and buddy. go and have to pick Eli from the Chargers and... Spend. They had to spend money to get Eli, did they not? They took Rivers and then changed their mind. Uh, well, that was because San, no, San Diego took Eli with yeah. the first pick, but he refused to play for them. So the Giants took Rivers, like, well, we wanted Eli, but we got Rivers, I guess. Cool. But Eli was just like, no, nah, make, it, make, it, make it happen. Make a swap. And that happened, and Eli has had his moments of success. Philip Rivers has had his statistical success, but I hate Philip Rivers, so... Uh. <laughs> he, um, there's a few players, the quarterbacks in the, in the NFL that you you look at and go, oh well, if if they moved on, mm. how exciting would this league be? If, yeah, if there was new blood, it's it's changing gradually. You do have some of these younger quarterbacks who are going to be here for a while. Hopefully, Andrew Luck. Like I still think that he should be the best quarterback in the NFL eventually. Yeah. Give him an O line, give him some weapons, because like what he's doing with nothing right now is incredible. But with these older generation of quarterbacks, which feels weird to say because like I remember seeing Eli get drafted and everything, it it all goes at once. Like what happened with Peyton? He had he had his injuries, he slowed down, and then said, Okay, now it's time for me to definitely move away. Eli needs to do that. He needs to just stop. But if 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 the Giants are gonna keep paying him uh, why would he? Why would he retire? Yeah, the cap this year. So yeah, exactly. Just if he keeps, doesn't get injured, he's going to get twenty-two million, and it's going to probably be up to him if he calls it a day after that. But mm. I think they realised they made a mistake in how much they're paying Golden Tate. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and to me, Golden Tate is when a kid puts a can through the back of a bike mm-hmm. to make it sound like a motorbike. <laughs> That's what Golden Tate is for this Giants team I he's going to get his 800 yards and it's going to make absolutely no difference Yeah, I'm not going to win them a game whereas Odell Beckham punt returning mm. and being the number one receiver was winning won them a couple of games yeah like I, I, I do 
really highly rate Golden Tate. I think he's been criminally underrated for years. But he's not Odell. And he never will be. And what's he like? He's like early 30s now. And they've just signed him up on a four-year, $37.5 million contract. Gi- Giants fans must be tearing their hair out. I think they've just got to accept that this is how it's going to be. And um, just prepare for a, a, a long and tough road. But you never know. Maybe they'll get rid of Gettleman and John Dorsey will be like, well, I've done everything I can with the Browns. He'll come over and fix everything for them. Yeah, well, And they'll if- take Baker with him. <laughs> I don't think that will happen. If, if Saquon makes what what was Bell's touches last the season before last four hundred and seventy five touches oh, for the second most or oh, the most all purpose yards in the mm-hmm. league. If they do this to Barkley mm-hmm. while they're tanking or doing what they're doing, yeah. like they won't tank. They're a New York team. If they give him nine hundred touches over the next two years, he's going to leave. Yeah, Barkley, his family, his agents, going to do. Exactly what Le'Veon Bell did. Yeah, he's a he's a smart guy, so, and he's got smart people around him. And they've literally even said it this week that they're going to a run and gun style offense. Hmm. If I was Barkley, I'd be like, "Cool, bring me. Where's my mates? Yeah, know. yeah. I need. <laughs> you should have gone and got Ingram. I want. I need help. You can't just yeah play, could, me, out the shot, do... play me out the shotgun instead yeah. of giving me wildcats and making me do everything for the team. Because if he does get you're going to burn him out. Purpose touches. He's not going to be there very long. You're going to burn. Unlike like running backs are a bit of a hot button issue right now in the NFL because they are they contribute so much but are worth so little because a lot of people just say like, well, you can plug anyone in there and you can get some sort of return for your investment. But if you get a player like Saquon Barkley or uh, Le'Veon Bell who is just like you get you get your running through them, you get your receiving through them. Let Le'Veon Bell, if he was playing out wide, he'd be one of the best wide receivers in the NFL. Mm-hmm. So like he's he's worth his money to my mind. I believe in the stats. I understand why people say this about um, running backs now. But as someone who's watched the game because I found it entertaining, I feel that there is people mis misvalue that star power, that mm-hmm. crowd drawing character and in the end you guess you could put say Duke Johnson into the Saints and he could maybe have give or take a yard average the same production as Alvin Kamara Mm. but you want to see Alvin Kamara yeah I think there is a level of what you pay would have paid players like Kareem Hunt what you will pay Kamara what Mm. Gurley's been paid because you want them on the field the crowd want them especially if you drafted them Mm. And I think Barkley's going to set that market. I think he'll, if he doesn't get injured, he'll get yeah. very high money. Yeah, I but think, I think that's the, where the level is. There's a level where you get your Ingrams, your Collins. There will be no difference with the Ravens having Ingram or having mm-hmm. Collins in that team. That they're going to pretty much do the same thing. Yeah, but There's these players. star players that do Everything. that are hi- hybrid backs or X backs, mm-hmm. as Le'Veon Bell called them. Yeah. Braxton Miller calls himself. Mm-hmm. <laughs> These guys will get the money if they produce because mm-hmm. they're entertaining. Yeah, people people see the value in, in those guys, like regardless of whoever you are, whether you're like pro football focus or NFL.com, people know that these guys are valuable. We have to move on because we've definitely talked about that for far too long. <laughs> uh, but just before we do, uh, have you decided which Browns jersey you're going to get? It's got to be Baker, has it? I think it is Baker, yeah. Still got to be Baker. Um, I'm a big fan of Ward. Mm-hmm. And I'm a big fan of um, Garrett. Baker, Baker's your saviour, though, man. 
It's also the, the Florida Atlantic boy that hit all those field goals. <laughs> just winning games after the, you should just, just, the first um, few weeks. Just get just get a, a number one with John Dorsey, his name on the back of it, really. Because like, he's the guy who saved your franchise. It, there was so much hope last year. And then three games into the season, you get a field goal kicker who pretty much turned around and goes, you cut me, but I wasn't. I was a bit injured anyway. Mm. Well, Why but- not tell... tell People are so scared to lose their jobs mm. that they won't even admit they're injured. that they're injured, and then that costs two or three wins. Yeah, well, obviously, it goes without saying that my Flacco jersey's in the mail. Go Broncos! <laughs> uh, so, moving on, uh, we'll have to see if we can move on a little bit quicker because we're uh, spent a lot of time talking about that. But that was the big news. In any other season, the news of this trade would definitely be up there as the top. Antonio Brown to the Raiders for a third and a fifth round pick. Antonio Brown, transcendent wide receiver. Consensus best wide receiver in the league for the last four or five years or whatever it is. Just absolutely dominating players. Over 1,500 all-purpose yards six years in a row. Yeah, he's he's been incredible. But um, the end of a very messy final few seasons in Pittsburgh. Heads to the Raiders wherever they're going to play. We'll take it from... Steelers first where does this leave them now that you've lost two of your killer bees Ben Roethlisberger is aging there's holes all over that that roster which was once considered by most to be the strongest roster in the NFL what what do they do where are they going I think the Steelers will probably be fine um, mm-hmm. in terms of they've got Juju they've got uh, they've got James Washington well, uh, who they're hoping is going to step up the, he was the lad from speedy. Pittsburgh so. uh, uh, James Conner Connor and running back, yep. I was mixing him up with uh, Collins that left the Raiders. Yeah, yeah. Um, he is a very good player. The O-line's still going to be pretty good. Mm-hmm. They've still got Big Ben for his sins. Mm-hmm. Um, <laughs> he will still throw the ball fairly accurately and throw it into coverage and mm-hmm. they'll get touchdowns that other teams wouldn't get. Mm-hmm. My main issue with the way the Steelers are run is it's changing. The NFL's changing. Just like the NBA has changed, it's all players have much more power. Mm-hmm. Um, they deserve if they're bringing in the revenue, they deserve maybe a little bit more guaranteed money. The Steelers need to change their player signing processes. Yes, because they don't like having commitment over three years. So pretty much all of their players get all their money in the first three years, mm-hmm. and then they've got another two years, three years of their contract where they yeah. have no money guaranteed. Brown, which manufactured is what happened this for to it mm-hmm. happened to Brown, obviously. And it's because they they believe the franchise is bigger mm. than the players, and they also believe that the players don't have a say in what they get paid. Mm. For the and most part, I definitely agree with that. Uh, you can't allow one player to be bigger than the organization, but you have to run your organization well enough to attract and keep these good players, you know, within the confines of the cap. Well, if you think about Brown, if they had given him the same deal, but given him 20 million over the last few years guaranteed, Mm -hmm. because he had 30, what, 38 million left on his deal, but he had no guaranteed money. Mm -hmm. If they'd structured that original deal with him, and this is the issue, it was a sixth round pick, fourth round pick, don't have the leverage. You only get a two year deal, and in that two years, they give you like an eight year, $40 million deal. But after three years, you've got no money. Mm. Well, you've got no guaranteed money. So as soon as you're injured, and especially for players that might have lived it up, might have spent a bit when they first got paid. Yeah, you spent a lot of money on uh, uh, blonde mustache dye uh, and weird haircuts. 
And I... uh, does it cost you money to like, choose your own nickname? Mr. Big Chest? Yeah, it's all those trademarks. What the like, hell? All those IP lawyers <laughs> that you have to get. Yeah, it's I... expensive times. It's an interesting one. I believe that Antonio Brown is always like this. Mm. Um, a lot of people come out and said, yeah, it looks outrageous because he's being very public about wanting to mm. move, but he's never not been this way. Mm. He's always been um, very lavish, very eccentric. Mm-hmm. And it's just, just because he wanted the move, he was making it very clear that he wasn't going to change who he was. Yeah. He needed the new teams to know that this is who he was. And He's a very just, Raiders kind of guy. Yeah. It, um, yeah, it and just it seems to, Vegas, to mix. There's no income tax. Yeah. So, yeah. so <laughs> I, I think... To make even more money. He probably sees that. And I was going to say, he could effectively choose where he went. So why Oakland? You know, d- does he believe he can be a catalyst to win rings there in his career? No, I don't think so. He's, he's, there, he's there for the money now and he's manufactured it and that's perfectly all right. He is in a, a, a career where your, your, your time of working can be anywhere between one and nine, ten years if you're playing really, really well. Like he's going to make a lot of money, but it's not going to last forever. So he's got to maximize that, do the best thing for his family. Uh, he should have got rings in Pittsburgh. Didn't work out that way, is what it is. I, I do believe as well as that when you're a player that centering his 30s, you you would know from the kind mm. of way people are talking to you if you're going to be someone who's going to be like you know, on TV or have mm-hmm. a career in the media afterwards. And it just, it doesn't seem like Antonio Brown's someone that will end up being like Randy Moss or mm. being um, on TV, on NFL Live, on Red Zone. He just doesn't well, strike I, I, it as that. I, so he has I, to maximise his money because it's unlikely he's going to be picked up by the networks to do what mo- a lot of mm. players do after. He's not going to be a commentator. He's not. Yeah. So this is his opportunity to make his money and... Apparently, I'm very happy for him. Yeah, absolutely. Well, I I would be if he wasn't coming into the FC West uh, (laughs) to absolutely destroy my cornerbacks over the next couple of years. And they are. Yeah, um, I don't know anymore, <laughs> to be honest. Bradley Roby's gone, uh, he, but like obviously he didn't quite step up to plate last season. Um, but anyway, that's... Yeah. To lead back. Yeah, well, like I've been hearing some, some rumbles about what we might be upgrading at safety recently, but I'll come on to that a little bit later. Um, back to this real quick, though. Um, obviously, a massive upgrade for the Raiders at wide out. Aside from taking a big cap hit, is there any downside to this for them? I think no. it's just... I, I've been hearing that he was not happy with the fact that Big Ben would never spend any time with him. He just wanted a friend. Yeah, and Derek Carr will do that. You saw the yeah, video of him jumping absolutely. into Derek Carr's interview. Yeah. Jordy Nelson's there. Jordy Nelson's always been quite well known as a... Sadly, Jordy Nelson has just been cut today. What? I'm afraid. Yeah. Oh, so, he's such a good teammate. And what I'm sure Aaron Rodgers is on the phone going like, Hey, hey, well, they got Jordy's calls. available. I Let's would, get him back. If I was the Packers, I would do it. Yeah, well, they're they're a bit thin at wide receiver, but they seem to like their their your young guys. I think bringing in someone like Jordy might work out well for them, but we'll see how that goes. I'm so disappointed. I did not know that that mm. he had been cut. Oh, well, there you go. Sorry, sorry to be the bearer of bad news. I like Jordy. Yeah, well, like if, I think it'll work out pretty well for him. He can kind of choose where he wants to go now. He is about what, 34 or something like that. Before we move on from that, real quick, you say that you believe that Steelers are going to be fine uh, with Juju. 
Uh, It'll be fine from a roster point on the field. I Mm. think fine from a signing free agents going forward. Oh, yeah, yeah. I think they're very damaged. Mm -hmm. Tomlin's got a history of having very bad exit interviews Mm. with players that leave. And if they're not going to guarantee money or do contracts that give the players a bit more security long term or just a bit more clarity, Mm -hmm. then they're going to struggle to pick up big free agents. Mm -hmm. And they're going to have to be very solid in the draft, which they have been. Yeah, and they do draft very well usually. Well, there has they, to be they, a few they, they changes up, for them to start picking up. Yeah, they pick up people like Juju Smith-Schuster, uh, who is now their number one receiver. Yeah, late second round, it's not bad. Yeah, absolutely. And James Con- Connor was late fifth round or sixth round. It's yeah, they, they they do manage to convert these players and make them stars. But having Antonio Brown leave, I think, is going to be very big for those wide receivers in terms of how they step up. Juju Smith-Schuster is proven he can do it across from him, but if he's now the focus, that means that someone at the other side has to step up. Otherwise, Juju's going to get double coverage all the time, and it's just going to be very well, difficult for him. They've signed Moncrief. Dante Moncrief, yeah, he's signed And they've today. signed Eli Rogers. Mm-hmm. Those are two two decent very, players. Mon- Moncrief, very Scott. Patriots kind of signings. Though it doesn't seem like they're going very yeah. flashy. They're going for players that will pick up their 500, 600 yards a season. And- yeah, which is okay for for number two. But um, with with Ben being the one to throw it up, it gives them an opportunity to pick up more yards, more touchdowns. Of course, how long will Big Ben be around for? Maybe discuss that another time. I'll have to move on from that one because uh, we're going very over what loose schedule we had <laughs> uh, which is, it just just means that it's going so well we have plenty yeah. to talk about it's really really good uh, although maybe maybe the people at home are already bored and saying like move on talk about something else like I want you to talk about uh, Terrell Suggs going to Arizona which we might gloss over <laughs> um, so one last quick trade talk uh, D Ford San Francisco for a second rounder in 2020. Ford was a real force with the Chiefs last season with 13 sacks and seven forced fumbles as well as some serious pressure at all times. Traded the 49ers to be across from uh, DeForest Buckner to bolster what was previously a pretty poor pass rush. Well, he's replacing Ruben. Mm. Ruben Foster. Is he uh, out indefinitely? Is he on the commissioner's exempt list? he's on the Redskins. But oh, yes, he, he has been picked up. If yes. he actually plays and everything. The Foster ones, obviously, is an Alabama kid. He was accused of domestic abuse in Alabama. It was thrown out in Alabama. Mm-hmm. The, the judge made it very clear he believed that his partner was lying. Mm-hmm. The NFL made it very clear to Foster that the courts were on your side in this, but we're not taking any nonsense. Mm-hmm. You, you're on a very thin line. But unfortunately for him, what seems to be happening is every time he enters a new state, she's filing a, mm. an, an appeal against the Alabama conviction. So first time they go cross-country to Florida, he's getting arrested at the hotel. Crazy. And she can do that 48 times in America. God bless the American justice system. So they're just... So San Francisco, we're... Wow, we're done with this. We can't. We can't have this embarrassment every time we. Maybe if he, if it turns out there's a video and he did it and it was a bad court case for the the accuser and that's and he's out. He's gone. Yeah. But um, San Francisco made a decision, and I think D Ford is them telling their fan base. Yeah. Yes, we picked the guy third overall. Yes, he's probably the best in the country at doing what he did. He loved him on Madden. Yeah. <laughs> we're we're signing a guy now that's got the same upside. Mm-hmm. We're not. We're staying on track. We're just paying a bit more money in that yeah. position right now. Yeah. Five-year, $87.5 million extension for a guy who messed things up in one play yeah. in the FC Championship game. Hate to bring it up. I D- love the PFF I, uh, saying that it was the old lineman 
purposely lining up. Yeah, that's half it. a yard back. Of course it was. Now I'm tapping on the table here. That was all about the Patriots being sneaky <laughs> and finding her way to have him offside. Bill Belichick going up to his lineman saying, "Just line up a little bit differently, and we can uh, we can pull him off." Like I'm sure that was. And it. then then Brady just threw that interception on purpose. Yeah. To make it really sting. Yeah. So oh, we have to boy. stop jumping around the room. Ooh. Yeah. Yeah, I think um, the Chiefs, as we're probably going to find out in a bit, have a very short fuse, very short temper when it comes to mistakes on the field and off the field. And I I wonder if they looked at D Ford and went, that was our chance. Oh, I don't. I don't think so. I think they know that they had something good there, but they didn't want to pay him. And they seem to be clearing house in that defensive line because they released Justin Houston as well. So that makes Chris Jones their focal point on that defensive line now, who did come out of nowhere last season with a 15.5 sack season, in which he posted sacks in 11 straight games, which is incredible. That's just regular season I, as well. But can, can he do that on his own next season? I, I don't think so. They're going to have to invest on the defensive side of the ball. I find it interesting when a player can jump and get that kind of production kind of out of the blue mm. and I, I feel and it's good because is that a contract still, year maybe no I, I think it's know. still just, he's going to be on the same team I think if mm. if a team you're playing against is constantly trailing by 14 points yeah. and you have to drop 7 yard drops mm. every time to p- play the ball at the field you're going to get more sacks yes um, and that's why you see these players for the Eagles that maybe don't get as many sacks, but they have high mm-hmm. pressures because they they're, they're always in they're games. always in games. They're always like within three or seven points. They're trying to control the tempo and the time on the clock rather than getting the big flashy plays. If the Chiefs can come closer to the rest of the AFC, I don't know if you'll have that production, mm. but it's a worthwhile. If they don't feel they can pay D Ford, at least they've got someone they know who can get to the quarterback. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, San Francisco also signed Quan Alexander from uh, Tampa Bay. Very high energy linebacker is one thing you could say about him. But also anyone signing from the Jags, the Bills, <laughs> and the Bucks, I am very much. I have no idea who but, these people are. Well, he's he's, exce- he's exceptionally <laughs> aggressive, right? But that's his problem too. He also he misses a lot of tackles and makes a lot of mistakes. But when he when he does something right, it looks great on tape. So he's he's managed to to make his money there. So before we jump in to talk about a couple of the free agency moves, just following on from talking about the Chiefs and the defensive line having some work to do, are they going to have some work to do at wide receiver? Because there's been some breaking news this morning about uh, Tyreek Hill being investigated for alleged battery. So, Roto World reports that no charges have been filed as of Friday afternoon, though police in Overland Park are still investigating. Hill's son was injured in the alleged battery, suffering a broken arm. A uh, police report obtained by the Kansas City Star was dated on Thursday, uh, but it's unclear when the incident occurred. Now, I don't mean to be the one to bank on hearsay, and some reports suggest that his son is fine, others suggest that it was his partner who was involved. But given Hill's previous issues with domestic violence, which is not something that we're in any way really qualified to talk about, but it's a big, hot topic in the NFL right now. Should this story develop in a fashion similar to that of Kareem Hunt, what happens in KFC to Tyreek Hill? Um, he'll be gone. Yeah. Yeah, I think that they are moving away from Dorsey's late draft picks. Um <laughs> Every single one of them seems to be given a very short rope. Mm-hmm. And he would have known that. And look, if it, if it does come out that it was his partner or 
Snapchats today of his son playing Xbox. So don't know how you can play Xbox with a broken arm. But oh, I've got some friends who did that actually. After <laughs> yeah. but there's that's a, a little in joke for anyone of, from Wellington here. <laughs> there's a lot to this, um, but if the Chiefs follow their current kind of stance on things, it's not going to really matter. Yeah, um, he'll, spend... be, he'll be out, and he'll be playing for a team that has a bit more leeway on that. Kind mm. of Browns. Uh, so he'll go join Kareem Hunt uh, with the Browns who uh, uh, today has been confirmed that he'll be banned for the first eight games of the season for violating the league's conduct policy follows his dramatic release by the Kansas City Chiefs last season in the middle of the season following the release of video footage showing him kicking a woman outside a hotel lift and on top of previous issues from earlier in his career we're about uh, nearly an hour into talking my god how have we Managed to survive that. Um, actually, I'll tell you what, Dan, would you mind getting me a beer from the fridge? Because I am, I'm working up quite a thirst here. Thank you, man. I'll take a Wellingtonian, please. Help yourself. Yeah, there you are. Yeah, you got it. That's the one. Very professional here. No, we're just, just a bunch of lads talking about some football. <sighs> Dan, that's a light-tasting beer. Actually, I'm not paying you something. Mm. Fortune favors at me. <laughs> uh, <laughs> we want some of that sweet, sweet uh, sponsorship deals. Right. Um, so yeah, free agency. Obviously, there's been a lot of free agency signings lately, so we can't really cover them all. Uh, but we'll just have a look at some of the more eye-catching ones and the more interesting acquisitions. I'll just say off the top, the one that we've alluded to, Le'Veon Bell from Pittsburgh to the New York Jets. Four years, $52.5 million, $25 million fully guaranteed. It includes... A three million training camp reporting bonus for 2021 and 2022. I wonder why that might be down. What's your thoughts? Uh, well, he can't report if he's on suspension. So <laughs> a lot of um. Obviously, he's had his history of missing first four games of the season mm-hmm. for staying off the weed. Mm. Um. So he's just do what David Irving did with the uh, Cowboys and say, "Well, y'all won't legalize it, so I'm not going to play anymore." <laughs> yeah, good one, David Irving. Uh, you idiot. Yeah, they um they'll have these conditions there. He and he'll know they were coming. What annoys me is people saying, "Oh, but he never got fifteen million a year guaranteed on average, so m- missing a year was a waste." And it's like it wasn't a waste. The well, guy, the guy had nine hundred touches in two seasons. Like he made a decision, knowing that if he on his last year of his deal he took another five hundred touches, then he was gonna greatly depreciate his value mm. to other teams he's obviously gone well not playing that season and not getting injured compared to not playing for a season and being a bit rusty i know what i think teams will like better mm. and i know what i like better and in the end he was probably aiming for a move to once um barkley went to the giants he's probably looking at the jets going you're two of the best running yeah. backs in the nfl um, coming out of new york now well, one, one on a team which is oh, going somewhere i can do my music i can yeah have a good life and well <laughs> he did uh, they did release this Signing to the to the media almost exactly after he dropped his mixtape. Of course, so, of course. Yeah. Got to play that leverage. Hell yeah. Uh, <laughs> whatever. You listen to any of his music? No. I, I listened to it. I listened to some of his previous stuff. I wasn't exactly enamored with it. You know, he's no terror of the creator. Um, Damien Lillard is pretty good. His stuff. Yeah. Damien Lillard's stuff's pretty good. I've not really heard any. Damien Lillard is that the guy who played Shaggy in Scooby Doo? No, he's um, <laughs> the point guard for the Trailblazers. Cool. I will be sure to check it out. Before we move on from him, real quick, for the money, is he worth it? Yeah. And is he a good fit? He in is a blanket Jets? for Darnold. Cool. I'm. I'm with you on that. 
It's perfect. Perfect kind of player to have for a quarterback who will look downfield, but will need to get it off when he can't get it downfield. Cool. And Bell has shown with Roethlisberger that he's always open yeah. in the slot or on the um, the one that you can never do in Madden. <laughs> or the wheel route. Or... No, just the handoff, the running back. Not sweet. Sweet. It's, it's, uh, a stretch play? No, it's gone. I don't know. I wasn't, I wasn't listening to you for all of that, to be perfectly honest. <laughs> <laughs> no, no, we'll leave that one in. We, we're doing it live! What Darren means to say is a screen pass. Uh, so, yeah, moving on from him, is there anyone else that you want to jump into straight away, or should I just go for what I've got written down here? I'll give you a couple of my favourite ones. They don't have to be the most... Um, Exciting a player. No, of course not. The ones that I find really intriguing, I, I find um, Cordell Patterson going to the um, Bears is a oh, pretty okay. interesting one. He's getting five million guaranteed. That's potential. I mean, Cordell Patterson. He's um, one one of these guys. He's never quite developed into that deep threat that he should have been because his hands are made of stone. But <laughs> when you when you get the ball into his hands, he's a big body. And, and he, as, as he proved by playing running back for for some of last year, he's an athlete. Yeah, I don't know. Maybe maybe Matt Nagy will find some way to use him in that, that offense and uh, give Trubisky some sort of. Well, I was going to say a target, but that would mean you'd have to throw to him. So maybe just hand hand off to him. Lots of jet sweeps. Yes, I also like the Amendola to the Lions mainly because he's going to a coach he knows, Matt and Trisha, yeah. it gets him away from the Patriots. <laughs> um, I don't know how I feel about Adrian Amos. I know a lot of people like him. Mm-hmm. So a lot of my and where's he going? Safety. He's gone to the Green Bay Packers. Packers made a bit of a they're splash pretty, in free agency. They pretty much swap, haha, for mm-hmm. Amos. Mm-hmm. And there's been a bit of Twitter jousting between the fan bases about how the Bears think that. Clinton Dix for three million is a steal, and how mm-hmm. they're over Amos and don't think he's very good. Whereas now we're getting Packers saying the opposite. Yeah. Thing, so I mean, Adrian Amos, I, I I liked him, but that that Bears defense was very good. Haha is uh, like he's not quite developed into a force, but he's he's been on the periphery. I think he's he's featured in like the back end of the NFL's top one hundred, which means. Sweet FA, of course, but uh, he's recognised as a player who can contribute. And if you're getting him on a decent deal, I don't think that's too too bad a bad a way of looking at it. You mentioned um, Detroit and uh, Danny Amendola going there, so obviously there's a bit of a New England and a Detroit connection there. And Trey Flowers going there from New England on a five-year, ninety million dollar deal. 40 million fully guaranteed. Do you have any thought, any particular thoughts on what's going on with him? Like, um, I think it's Patricia will know mm. Flowers and that kind of knowledge has allowed him to maybe spend a bit more money. A lot of people think when these players come out of New England and they've been in that yeah. scheme that they're not going to be as productive mm. and they might not be quite the player they think they are with the Patriots but Flowers has kind of shown that he's a bit more of a star yeah, the um, Patriots usually have. Yes, I would and definitely agree with if that. If Patricia's going to run the same scheme he ran at the Patriots, then he's just going to go right back into the same team. Yeah, I think uh, Trey Flowers, he's a really versatile and disruptive player. A lot of people are describing him as a, a Swiss army knife on that line. And you can see it uh, by the by the numbers and actually just the eye test that he, he passes it. He's a, a real big player for them. It's a lot of money, though. I guess it just depends on where Detroit see their cap going. Um, I'm always quite interested to keep an eye on, on cap numbers. But well, they, um, they need players like mm. him because they're going up against 
Rogers. So then, mm-hmm. if Rogers has a good team around them, then they're not winning the division. So they, yeah, they need to have a defense that can compete. And it's a very similar thing to the Patriots and, I like and the that. Dolphins. I like how you said if Rogers has a good team around him. And that's something that Green Bay have just never done. Like they just said, like, "Oh, it's all right. We got Aaron Rodgers. We'll win. We'll win nine or ten games a year and scrape into the playoffs." And then, uh, you know, someone who actually has a proper team. Yeah, exactly. The whole the whole Aaron Rodgers setup in Green Bay is weird. They've just not done anything. But now you can't necessarily blame them for not being active in free agency. Certainly on the defensive side of things, but. You look at the NFL, more weapons. NFL, NFL is a, the actual teams in the NFL and what the Super Bowl could be. Mm. We seem to get very similar games in the Super Bowl, especially yeah. because of the Patriots. But then <laughs> imagine a Green Bay Packers with Rodgers playing the Colts for mm. luck in the Super Bowl. Like, there are matchups in no, games. Well, he'll be playing Joe, Joe Flacco in the Broncos in the <laughs> Super Bowl, of course. But there but... are matchups in teams that just would be very entertaining and they just have to figure it out figure it out a bit more because a lot of teams seem to get three or four mm. very watchable players and then just have crap yeah. the rest of the team so they they have to really work with the players they've got like I, I like the Colts signing Funches mm. um, he's a toe tapper he's, he's good on the byline he gets passes from Cam Newton who wasn't, wasn't very accurate at times and mm. he's going to give um, T.Y. Hilden and He's a, a he's a big body. Help. He's a big body. He could be the sort of guy to be a good complement to Ty. Uh, they've got a couple of good tight ends there, and likes of Jack Doyle. I'm fairly certain he's still there. Yeah, we'll see. Uh, he's got he's on a bit of a prove it deal there, so we'll, we'll see what happens with Devin Funches regarding the who you'd want to see in the Super Bowl argument. Mm-hmm. I'd just say anyone apart from the Patriots. <laughs> like, I would I would probably. Yeah, but would I, yeah, I'd rather see the Raiders get there and get beat. That would be fine for me. Uh, I was definitely rooting for the Chiefs this season. As as a Broncos fan, that like goes against every bone in my body. But it's the Patriots. It's just how it is. Moving on from them, uh, I think that Earl Thomas to the Ravens from Seattle, four years, fifty-five million, thirty-two million guaranteed. He's a walking Hall of Famer. Uh, he's come off of a horrendous season-ending injury, some bad blood with his old team. But uh, he's just a perfect fit for a Ravens team that's always prided itself on defense. They've pretty much given themselves two more years. Um, yeah, that's safety. They get rid of Weddle, who maybe only only wants to play another two years. That's probably mm-hmm. a conversation they've had. And they get Earl Thomas, who's been very clear with the Seahawks. He's not done. They wanted to play for another five six years. And yeah, they they get him on a four year deal for about the same money as they would have paid Weddle for four years. Yeah, but Weddle wanted two years, so he goes to. I think I think that don't think whether we get that much money. I think what did he get like? Well, he's only two, two years. Two, two years, twelve mil at. Um, uh, uh, was meant to play St. Louis. It's Los Angeles now, of course. The Rams. I also think yeah, that, we'll that Weddle seems like the kind of guy that's probably looking at the Browns and maybe just just thinking maybe maybe, maybe this maybe is an opportunity. Go to the Rams and one more play in the NFC. Yeah, yeah. This AFC starting to get a bit tough. Yeah, we'll, we'll see see how that all pans out for him as well. Uh, good luck to Eric Weddle down there, but Earl, Earl Thomas in a Ravens uniform, that makes a lot of sense to me. And I think that that's going to work out really well for that defense. I still don't trust Lamar Jackson on offense, uh, but they're going to be running behind Mark Ingram the entire time. They're going to be this anomaly in the league until people realize that you know Lamar Jackson is stoppable. I'm quite high on Lamar. I think that you, they have he has to be trusted, though. I don't think... You can play a game where you don't let him throw. 
and then they, only let him throw in the fourth quarter. They have to get him to be better at throwing because at the at the moment, I mean, like his, his his college tape was incredible, but in the NFL, I've not seen him throw a good pass yet. <laughs> like that, that's it. Like he's he's started so many games. He's had uh, like a, a a deep ball which was a little bit underthrown, which was still caught and taken into the house, but. Yeah, he's. I think he's got a lot to prove. They're going to give him the reins anyway because people just want to Flacco out. What's their loss is our game in Denver. I'm sure. That's my that's my bit now. I'm going to talk about how uh, how Joe Flacco is going to be the savior in Denver and take us back to the Super Bowl. Yes, well, we know that's probably not true. Well, we'll see. <laughs> I mean, uh, in in Denver, uh, I also want to talk about the fact that we let Matt Paradis, our excellent center, walk out of the building on a. Three-year, twenty-seven million-dollar contract to Carolina, and then we then made um, Miami's Jawan James, one of the highest-paid left tackles in the league, on a four-year, fifty-one million-dollar contract. I I shared with you uh, earlier this week NFL.com's free agency list with what they said about uh, Jawan James, and that was that he's a prime candidate to get overpaid by a desperate organization. <laughs> That's that's Denver now. That's yeah. uh, that is Denver. Um, not massive on that one. We did pick up Kareem Jackson, who was for the most part of last season an incredible hard hitting safety uh, turn cornerback again this year. I think um, a lot of people were very high on what he did against Denver uh, last season for the Texans. Um, we'll see. I think he's a bit aging, uh, but sticking him across from Chris Harris Jr. He's a he's, he's a veteran. He can do something about it. And apparently, um, having just released Darian Stewart the other other week, uh, we've got Bryce Callahan coming in on a visit at the moment. So I'd be quite interested to see him because he was very interesting for the Bears last year, and I, I think that he could really help fill a need for us there and allow for us to not have to look too much in the secondary during the draft and maybe focus on that O-line or possibly that quarterback of the future. And um, what do you think of um, the Bills? I'm intrigued. They've they've gone for Cole Beasley. Mm, they, obviously had, they obviously had money to spend. They've gone for Cole Beasley, John Brown, mm-hmm. Tyler Croft, and Andre Roberts. Andre Roberts is the guy that you pick up on Madden when your wide receiver gets injured halfway through the season. Yeah. <laughs> so I know him quite well. John Brown, I like. Uh, he was at the Brown. Uh, the he, was at Car- he was at the Cardinals before that as well. And, yeah. uh, I've, I've kept quite a close eye on him for his career because I drafted him uh, in my keeper league um, when he first came on the, on the scene. And he just always he flashed moments with the Cardinals, but just never quite made it all the way over the top. And... Um, like I, th- I think in terms of where the Bills are right now, he's about as good as they could get, really. Cole Beasley, he is an excellent slot receiver. Uh, but again, like these are these are small guys again, and I, I, I just feel that in modern NFL, you need one of these hybrid guys who's a bigger target. But it's yeah. going to be really good for someone like Josh Allen, at quarterback there, to just throw deep balls to. Because um, it, it's like Croft and Beasley, you know, they'll block downfield for him to run. You know? Yeah, that that too. Of course, needs to be. <laughs> it's going to be quarterback runs all season in in Baltimore and yeah. Buffalo. Although seeing uh, Cole Beasley try to block a safety is going to be pretty funny because uh, he's about five foot six or something like that. Um, he's got grit. He's got he got grit. He's got oh, grit. we we love. He probably him. passed that interview question in the draft. <laughs> yeah. Like, how, what, how many balls have you got? Would you be a cat or a dog? <laughs> 
Oh, you better say dog because if you say cat, oh, you're, you're, you're sliding down draft boards. That was some legit questions in the NFL scouting combine were things like, what would you be, a cat or a dog? And if you answered cat, apparently you were wrong. Which um, you're not loyal. And yeah. Don't have no teamwork. Yeah, and you can't lick your own butt. Oh, yeah, you can. <laughs> uh, so, um, yeah, I think uh, in terms of the salary cap, the bills are quite up there for next year. They've got quite a bit of space, according to overthecap.com. Um, I don't know when these were updated, but at the moment, the Colts are still leading in effective cap space, followed by the Jets and Texans. So, what do you do though? Like, do you? Um, you've got to. You got to. Like, if you're the you've got to do what they did with the Browns. You got, got to change a team. You've, your team's mm. pretty good, and oh, all their the best now. players at the Colts now are literally two years into the league, so they will have space. They've got a young. Do you spend squad. it for the sake of spending it, or do you wait for like a trade later in the season from a team that's not where it expects to be? Don't spend it for the sake of spending it. Spend it on people who are worth taking in. I don't like seeing teams reach for players due to desperation. I think that uh, they have a bit of time, but they they need to look and see who's going to be coming up in free agency over the next couple of years. Maybe make some moves in, in trades. You're not going to have Andrew Luck forever. Uh, what's he now, 26, 27? That's still plenty old. young. No, he's like 29. He's 29 now, yeah, wow. Sorry. So yeah, I, I don't quite know what the answer is there. Otherwise, I'd be a GM. Uh, but uh, Chris Ballard, I think he knows what he's going to do. Well, I, I, I see a plan for them, can, and I don't see a plan for the Giants. There's a few players you can pick up. Like if, if Atlanta have another year like they have, then you've got Grady Jarrett on a franchise tag that you can mm. trade for later in the season. Sticking down a Sue in that middle there, he'd be a good acquisition. He would to pick to if they feel that they're. I think that with their current squad going against, even though I like Mariota going against Foles. I think they, they know they're going to win the division, I think. They've got a very high confidence in the fact they think that as long as Luck's there, as long as Quentin Nelson and Leonard are there, mm-hmm. they're going to win that division. So it's up to them to decide if they're going for a Super Bowl or if they're going for a playoff win. Mm-hmm. So if they're going for a playoff one, they probably don't need to spend the money. But if they want to win a Super Bowl, players like Sue, as proven last year, make yeah. all the difference. They've still got a lot of holes to fill, but they've got a lot of young talent that's beginning to come into their own, I think is what's happening there. You have to win your division, so they have to plug holes that are weak against Mm. their teams. So if they're going up against Texans, they need to make sure that they can cover Clowney and J.J. Watt. Mm -hmm. They need to make sure they've got a cornerback that can stop Hopkins. Yes. Because you need those two wins. Mm Mm-hmm. And then you're in the Which is what, what the Patriots just need to do every single season is just beat the crap that's in your division and then you're automatically in the playoffs so you don't even need to exert yourself throughout the course of the regular season for the most part. But yeah, within their own division, they've got teams who are having transitional periods of their own. Uh, I think the Texans still don't quite know what they're doing. Um, an offensive line, they need to, to really shore something up and maybe get a few more weapons in there. Uh, but Deshaun Watson, he's capable of being something really special. Jacksonville, Nick Foles era now, so we'll see what happens with, with, with that. No one really quite knows. I'm going to ask you a couple of questions on what you think about some of these guys as well. Of course, in Tennessee, you're about to have the Ryan Tannehill era uh, ushered in. <laughs> Darren is shaking his head. We've gone on pretty well so far. That's going really well, so I think um, we'll finish up shortly. Some new guys in some new situations... I want to ask you what you think is going to happen with their seasons. 
So one of the guys I just talked about was Nick Foles. New quarterback, Jacksonville Jaguars, big deal. Played one of the greatest games, if not the greatest game at quarterback ever in the Super Bowl two years ago. Proved that he can play pretty well, um, given the opportunity and given time. Born leader, how's he going to do this year? Do you think uh, he's going to be Pro Bowl level, or is he going to be less than that? No, for me... He's going to be Case Keenum at the Rams. Oh, oh, oh boy. So I was just about to ask you a couple of maybe over-unders on what's going to happen within this season. Uh, nine games. You think nine games to play or start? To start. Or win? To start. It's going to start nine games and they're going to have someone else in? Yeah. Oh, boy. Because so... the defense is going to be very good. Okay. And they're going to be in games, but not get away from games. And it just doesn't work. Is that, do you, is that a lack of faith in Nick Foles or is that a lack of faith in the team? A lack of faith, in the, lack of faith in, the, in the offense, yeah. from the defense, mm. especially with our boys mm. at cornerback. Yes. And our Calais Campbell. Your boys. I think that if he has a four interception game, mm-hmm. which he can, mm-hmm. he's gone. But you're not going to have anyone behind him, surely. So it's what matter. would you do? Okay, so I was I was going to say three thousand five hundred yards this season over under. Probably over. You think over? I think in nine games. Have, oh, he'll have a couple <laughs> of games where he does really well. Uh huh. And he's gonna stink. Twenty five so, touchdowns over under. 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 It's gonna be at eighteen and twelve. Would be probably the highlight. I think that's. As high as he's going to be similar to Tannehill, I think. Oh boy, okay. Well, if he does better than that, <laughs> I, I want him to. Yep. But Likewise, I think most people want Foles to do well. Done well in. They've spread it a bit more. You know, your Jeffrey Matthews, big players that can get you get away with being a bit less accurate. Mm. Jags have more run and gun players like Didi Westbrook from Ole Miss. It's mm-hmm. more gonna I'm gonna beat my man and run forty yards. You have to hit me. Mm. I just I don't know if he can do it. And uh, I guess that they've got questions in the backfield as well. Will uh, Leonard Fournette still be there? You think? Um, he used to stop fighting with fans, <laughs> but um, it would be a disaster for them if they had to discipline him mm-hmm. or had to lose him for more than half the season. Yeah, he is he is a difference for them. Mm-hmm. They got to the AFC final mm-hmm. with him, and they didn't make it out. The they didn't get to the playoffs without him. Last okay, year, so. right. Moving on. Uh, Lev Bell, nineteen hundred all-purpose yards over under. Over over by an absolute mile. I think he's going to be ridiculous. How many? Like, what sort of split are you talking about here in terms of carries and catches? Uh, over over seventy five catches. Last. Last season he played 81, 81 mm. catches, and that was with a quarterback who likes to throw down the field. I mm. think it's going to be over that. Um, but I think it'll be in a better situation. I think he'll be happy to do it because mm-hmm. he's got his guaranteed money. So yeah. He's going to put his head in more. He's going to take those cuts. I think yeah, he's going to have a very good season. Is he going to be fit? Is is he or do you do? You, he's definitely fit. You 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 don't believe any of these people saying, "Oh, he's ballooned to two hundred and sixty pounds." And no. He's just hanging around eating, eating like chicken and stuff the entire time. Well, he might have been, but they would have had to have worked him out to sign him. Yeah, he can he can shed out this weight, and I'm sure. Yeah, like I say, they would have, they would have worked him out. Fifteen total touchdowns over under over. Oh boy, I better draft him then. Uh, Antonio Brown going to the Raiders. Fifteen hundred um, yards over under. Probably under. I think mm-hmm. he'll keep up his streak, which is what twelve hundred a season for six years. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Um, but oh, 
He's never scored a touchdown that wasn't thrown by Ben. Mm-hmm. He's not. Of gonna, course, he's going to. He's, he's gonna, not going to kick return for Gruden. No. Is he going to develop a rapport with Derek Carr? Yes. Mm-hmm. I think Carr will love him, mm-hmm. and that's oh, Carr wants. will love. He him. wants the um, adulation. Yes. Um, and Carr will give him that. Does Antonio Brown save Derek Carr's career in Oakland slash Las Vegas slash wherever they play? Um. a good one I don't think he I want Derek Carr to do well I think his leg injury was such a downer because mm. Connor Cook is such a downer um, but that season where Carr and Cooper got to the playoffs showed that Carr could do it mm-hmm. but I wonder if Cruden's already made up his mind mm. well, he might want to clear house I think uh, Derek Carr has got like he he was given a contract a little while ago, wasn't he? Yeah. Um, and Gruden likes to be one of these Bill Parcells guys who just you know makes a team his own. But I don't think Derek Carr is that kind of. He's not an ego. Yeah, I wouldn't be surprised if the Raiders used that third first round pick to get a Daniel Jones or a, that would well, or, that would be a very player, Oakland stupid move to go or for a player that another quarterback that. Are they, are they thin at punter? Because that's what they'll do. <laughs> they'll draft a, <laughs> draft a punter in the first round. Yeah, absolutely. Bring back Brad Wing. Yeah, oh yeah who needs that? Hey. Okay, interesting one. How many touchdowns? 12. Um, I don't know how much the wide receivers normally get. Uh, Antonio Brown has had double-digit touchdowns pretty much every year the last four years, I think. I'd set the over at nine and a half. Yeah, okay, cool, cool. OBJ? A lot. Okay, so right, let's go. <laughs> let's go. Thirteen hundred yards receiving. If he stays on the field. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, we're we're not we're not the, including injuries in this. The good thing about the Browns is that they seem to have built um, a roster that could take. You could take Odell out, and they'll still probably mm-hmm. win games. I think if he plays all sixteen games, what thirteen hundred is mm-hmm. eighty yards a game. Will that roster uh, help or hinder his uh, his statistics? And will he care if he's getting good balls thrown his way? He won't care. He won't care if it's Landry that's the other guy. Yeah, because they are good buddies. Yeah, and he won't care if it's um, if they're winning. Mm-hmm. Think about Odell Beckham was playing the best of his career for about three weeks last season, where they went one and four, one and five, yeah, one and six, and then they started getting on at him mm-hmm. for not doing enough. He was the only one doing anything apart yeah. from Saquon Barkley. And the people were like trying to throw to him. Was, game yeah, like that. He was taking kick returns and things like that to try and change the game. You can't, you can't have him change the game if you can't get the ball to him. And Eli Manning couldn't get the ball to him for the most part. He's just throwing it up, making Beckham work really hard for his six touchdowns, one thousand a bit yards. But yeah, he got there. How many highlight plays do you think he'll have? Oh, blah. number one How, on Sports Center top ten. Yeah. Okay. So say say he has uh, ninety catches, he'll have ninety highlights. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> certainly for Browns fans, because they'll be super happy just to have him there. The Browns fans themselves are excellent. Like they've n- never completely soured on their team, so they they deserve like they deserve things to go well for them, and they are going to take the roof off of that place it doesn't have a roof but they're going to be very excited to see it happen I think that um, yeah he's going to be featuring on highlight reels every week because Baker can put the ball where it needs to be and Odell Beckham can just he can out jump anyone his hands are like glue he's an athlete he's brilliant 
And uh, the last one that I'm going to put out here, I don't know if you might have some other ones, but Joe Flacco. <laughs> I want to know what you think he's going to do in Denver because most people aren't exactly high on him, think he's maybe a sideways move from Case Keenum. I know that NFL.com's Chris Westling seems to be about the only person who actually likes him. So I think I'm going, to, I'm going to try and remember off the top of my head what they asked him, what he thought Flacco's numbers would be. So um, 3,500 yards over under. It'd be over if he plays 16 games. Mm-hmm. Is he going to play 16 games? Though? Well, I don't know. We'll, we'll see. I mean, if, if the Broncos like, go... Flacco's the kind of player that he's a stat player. So if he plays every game, mm-hmm. plays every snap, probably going to have about 4,000 yards. You sure. But does he deserve to play every game? Is that because he's under, like, he's in a better situation than he's ever been in Baltimore on that? Well, so not ever been, but certainly over the last few years, Baltimore have not had an offense. And he's been, like, dragged along, kicking and screaming through this horror show. Is is it's him getting this fresh start in Denver going to help? Do they, like, will it really depend entirely on that offensive line? No, it'll probably depend. I, <laughs> also, I have very little to say about Flacco. Well, like that's that's why I want to bring it forward because I'm really interested in this, and this is our show, and we can talk about what we want. And uh, uh, like, I, I would like for him to do all right. I think. If thank got, you. That's all I really wanted to hear. <laughs> if he got the Broncos to the playoffs, this Broncos team to the mm-hmm. playoffs, then it would kind of maybe validate why the Ravens may have paid him. Mm-hmm. But if he if they finish eight and eight or six and ten with Flacco, then it just shows how detrimental that contract was to the Ravens. Mm. Obviously, they just wanted to move on and say, no, no. Well, we've got this exciting guy. People have been down on Flacco for a little while, but like Flacco's never posted a, a hundred plus QB rating. Uh, in his career, which something these days is quite rare for a quarterback who's considered to be the best of his organization's history. Um, well, Beckham had a over a hundred yard, hundred QB range. Yeah, against, um, <laughs> yeah. Against the Panthers, he had two throws, two completions for like. Why didn't Why didn't they sign from then? Yeah, yeah. <laughs> well, I'm like Flat Flack was gone over twenty five touchdowns once in his career, and that was in 2014 when they won the Super Bowl. Will he do that again this season? Yes or no? No. Okay. And he's, he's gone over 4,000 yards once in his career as well, and that was in 2016, where he only had 20 touchdowns and 15 interceptions. So, like, it, it's all it's all, all stats-based. But Who's the Broncos running back? Broncos running back. It's uh, the Philip Lindsay, the phenom, rookie phenom okay. of last season. And we do we have, got, we have uh, Royce Freeman as yeah, well, who's Freeman. a bit of a bowling ball. Um, so like we've, we've got those there. Um, we've traded away Demarius Thomas, who was uh, aging. I'm not going to put that entirely down to his dietary change. But we've got likes of Cortland Sutton there. Manuel Sanders nice. is still play- was playing at a very high level before he got injured. Um, San- I watched. I don't know why I watched it. Maybe it was because I knew you were going to talk to me about the Broncos. <laughs> I watched the um, compressed highlights of the Rams Broncos from like week four, mm-hmm. and it was closer than it probably should have been. But that was because. Sanders was making plays. Yes. And when he doesn't make plays, Sutton can do it, but he was a rookie and they weren't trying to get him to do it. But mm-hmm. they literally had Sanders make these... Um, he he screwed up in that game, and you'll probably remember, because he thought he'd scored the touchdown, yeah. and then he pushed Tlaib, mm. or pushed um, Peters. Mm-hmm. And then it was a... F- 
penalty, but because it wasn't a touchdown, it pushed them back 15 mm. yards. Yeah. And that would have put them ahead. Yep. In the third quarter. Mm-hmm. And they ended up getting routed in the third quarter and then having to come back. And I think it ended 23 20 or yeah. something like that. But they were 13 23 down with like four minutes left in the fourth quarter. Bron- Broncos were in a lot of games last year and then they lost them due to some bonehead errors. Some bad refereeing, of course, I'm going to say that. But it was a lot of that was also down to really poor uh, head coaching and uh, play calling. So with Vance Joseph being out there now, you've got Vic Fangio coming in as the defensive guy, uh, sorry, defensive-minded head coach. Um, and they've, they've kind of cleared house a lot. Don't really know where it's going to go for us this year, but uh, we'll see. Yeah, thank you for letting me have my little moment there with Joe Flacco. <laughs> I kind of needed that. I needed to vent. Uh, so, yeah, have you got anything else you'd like to add to this just now? No, at the moment I'm looking forward to um, them getting back into it, uh, getting back into the actual playing and when, seeing what the rosters are going to eventually look like. I yeah. think um, the draft will come up. A month and a half, yeah. The draft is, I'll watch the first day probably. Mm-hmm. Be very. I was very happy they got Mayf- that the Browns got Mayfield last year. It was a very good draft. Mm-hmm. I was intrigued last year. A lot of play, a lot of teams made a lot of good picks. I kind of think it's going to go the other way this year. You think so? I think that a lot of teams are going to going to reach, especially in the offense, because this is a yes. defensive draft. Oh, definitely. So we're going to see like Metcalf or that go like six, yeah, and then like Quentin Williams drop, you know, player like guy like. Williams or Montez Sweat's being talked up yeah. as a bit of a pure athlete. Just depends on whether you translate Rashan that. Rashan Gary, into, yeah, Rashan Gary, who, from what I understand, it, it takes all the boxes athletically, but production-wise, if you can't produce, then what's the point in having all that athleticism? Yeah, we'll we'll, we'll see. Well, maybe when we uh, come back in the next little while, and we'll maybe do another another talk just after the draft, kind of analyze what little thoughts we have on it uh, you know a little bit more about the, the college game than I do so it'll be interesting to see what our future takes m- might be on that so uh, yeah to wrap up have you enjoyed yourself today Darren? I have as have I it's, it's been really been, good it's been fun we have talked for twice as long as I I thought <laughs> it's been that's a 90 minute podcast uh, I don't know if we're going to have to split that up it's been really good yes thank you we must do this again sometime we will we will do you still have any beer left? yes cheers Podcast number one. Let's be careful. Shouldn't do that right directly over the mic. It's a very expensive piece of kit. Well, all right then. That's it in the bag for the first and hopefully not last episode of the Fourth and Forever podcast for Darren Butter. Hello. Uh, I'm Stuart Bothell, and thank you so much for listening. Goodbye. Bye.